Come to Counselor Find, a podcast for counselors past and present, finding their way in faith and current culture. We are your hosts, Shrek and Shopvac, also known as Terry and Zach. Hey there. We are so glad you're here. It's Zach and Terry, and we're back with another chat. Um, Hi. <laughs> hey, Zach. Uh, been a good week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the sunshine. It's so fantastic. Yes, very Today, nice. Yeah, it's very nice. Today, we are going to dig into a little bit here on Doubt. Um, doubting. Doubting. I doubt it. Doubt it. Yeah. We, um, so I, I don't know where, so some of the podcasts I've been listening to have really been exploring like what's going on in North America and what's going on with the church and what's going on with, with Christians. And we've had some, um, you know, okay, so we're not going to go here, but we've had some really prominent Christian pastors recently, uh, have some very public sin and, and leave their church and, um, and that left a bunch of hurt people behind. But then we also had some, uh, in the U S especially there had some very public pastors that have decided that they're done with their faith. And it's got that uh, question for me going like, what do we do when we have doubt? Uh, what are you doing when you doubt your faith, when you doubt what you believe, when you doubt what's going on, uh, or you're just so disappointed. And, um, yeah, so I thought we would have a, a quick conversation on what happens in that situation. Um, Sounds good. So, <laughs> thanks. Um, I think if if you're listening out there and, you, and maybe you're wrestling with some of these doubts, like um, it's really important to maintain yourself in within a Christian community. Stay within your Christian context um, of friends and uh, peers and authorities uh, around you that you can talk to and have those doubting conversations with. What happens a lot is that um, if you dig into these conversations, or no, if you dig into the situation where, uh, I don't know, Joe or Cindy Pastor has left their faith behind, mm-hmm. um, and you really dig into that, you find out that they've really isolated themselves. They felt like they couldn't talk to people about it. They're spending a lot more time maybe with the news. Uh, you know, and someone was saying like, the, if you spend three hours a day listening to the news, which is just, it's become political opinion, basically. So you're getting someone's opinion on what is proper. And it's a very world point of view. If you're studying or you're just, you know, you're listening to, listen to podcast YouTubers that are just echoing your own doubt and, and they're deconstructing your faith for you. You're taking your faith and you're trying to pull it apart brick by brick. And well, what if this is wrong? And what if that is wrong? And slowly, 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 they're tearing it apart saying, Oh, you grew up in this, this style of church and you believe these certain things and, and those are wrong and they were really destructive and they hurt their society or whatever that it is that they've, they've tried to, um, you know, pull those bricks out of your faith. And you're not re-engaging within the Christian community of people that you believe that, that you are familiar with and having those Christian conversations, you're going, it's, it's not a wonder that these people are, are, are leaving their faith behind. They spend all their time in isolation and we're not made for isolation. Right. When, when, when Adam was created, God saw he was alone. He's like, this isn't good. So he gave him Eve, but it, it wasn't just that he gave him Eve. It was like, it's not good to be alone. Uh-huh. We're built for community. And um, 
And when you start reading through the Old Testament and you realize there's all these rules and, and uh, so I've come through Leviticus and I'm heading into Numbers right now on my journey through the Bible this year. And, and I'm looking at it going, oh my goodness, like this, this chapter is kind of boring. Like, okay, this, this group of this son, like mm-hmm. Judah's going to camp up here and Issachar is going to camp with them and Daniel's going to be on the left and, and over here is Manasseh and over here, like he, the tribes are set up around the tabernacle and then the Levites get the tabernacle and you're like, well, that was like redundant. And then they go through it again in the next chapter and you're like, oh my goodness. But it's all about being in community and having, having God at the center of that community and being in your place and knowing that you have part in that community. And, and that moves from the Old Testament. It's all about that where God wants to be at the center of your life and he wants you doing community around him into the New Testament where Jesus is like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That is the center of your core, right? I want to be in your mind and your spirit and in your activities. And, um, and, and then we, we, we isolate ourselves and we listen to voices that deconstruct us. And instead of going back into that community of friends around Jesus, we get caught up in ourselves. And we're like, oh, I don't know that I believe. I'm having a crisis of my faith. You've had that entire crisis internally. So I want to encourage people, like, it's good to doubt. It's good to ask questions. It's good to explore your faith. Rick, if I built this house and I'm not sure about these bricks, don't deconstruct it. Make sure your construction's good. And the best way to do that is to get people looking at it with you. Hey, I built this. How does it look? Do I need to modify this construction that is my faith? How do I, I, and the guideline is the, the Bible. Like I have that ultimate truth. So I guess that's where I've been thinking. Mm. Um, wow. I just like verbal diarrhea there for a little bit there. Right. What do you think? <clears throat> like, is this relevant to you? Is it relevant to you thinking today? Yeah. I mean, does God change? Does God change? No. Does God make mistakes? No. What if God doesn't answer my prayers? Well, does God punish us for sins? Well, where is the kingdom of God? You're sounding really like automatic there. It's almost like you, you've thought these up on your own and, and wrote them down. Yeah. They're written. Like it's almost like you're reading them. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, like these are some let's... questions of doubt that we may have. Like, what do we do? Like, I guess I want to get so, at like, how do why we, don't you give me, give them again. How do we start answering some of these. Like, does God change? Hmm. Is God in Genesis the same as he is today? Yeah, I think our, our answer for that is yes. What has changed is our context. Oh, so the Bible's relative. No, I'm not saying that. I, th- oh, okay. I think God hasn't changed. I'm saying that we look at it and go, we read, oh, Jesus in the New Testament. Well, there's, he didn't understand what it's like to have peer pressure in high school and social media and right. Like we just, mm. we look at, what is it? We look at this really, it's, it's not ethnocentric, but it is sort of like in that we look at everything through the culture of, of who we are in our moment in time. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to try and reinterpret that in our image. Has God changed? I'm going to say no, but we sit here within our, our situation and we think, Oh, but when I look at God, he looks differently to me because yeah. I'm looking at it through this lens. And so 
the, the challenge isn't that God has changed or that God's relative or that the Bible should be relative. It's that I want to remake him in my image. I want him to understand that in, in a Canadian context, God, you need to look like this. In, a, in uh, I can say in my white Canadian context, if that's not too triggering. Um, in, in my context right here, as, as this 48-year-old male, this is what I'm seeing. Mm. And I'm frustrated by it, or I'm, I'm unhappy with it. But has God changed? I would say no. Like, he's been there, done that. So I was talking to a guy the other, a guy the other day, and he was um, saying how he likes to read the Old Testament. As far as I know, I'm not a Christian. Uh, likes to read the Old Testament for the story, because he thinks it's a really awesome story. Like, really, basically the same as he would read, like, Greek, Greek mythology or whatever. Mm. Um, and he made a comment about um, how <clears throat> Christians often think that God is this, like, loving and just and righteous and all this, but he's really like this brutal, like God and ruler. And like in the stories that he like does all these, like condemns all these like crazy things or like commands all these crazy things, I should say. Um, and I mean, there's tons of examples and he gave a few and some of them were definitely not <laughs> fully in context, but um, I guess like I got thinking about it. I didn't really, uh, know how to respond at first, but as I thought about it more, um, it kind of tied into my, I guess, answer on all of doubt in general, which is talking about like how do we build up our faith, um, and how do we um, understand our faith better, and how do we grow our faith? Like so, like faith and doubt are, I guess, opposite to each other, right? They're in contrast to each other hmm. a little bit in some ways, and so. If you want to, um, I wonder, I wonder if there's hammer and anvil though, rather than yeah, contrasting, I, I wonder if it's just like, we need them both to help us grow. Well, I think like, okay. And the way that I'm thinking about it. So like, if you have doubt, but I, I know what you're thinking. The way to overcome yeah. your doubt is through strengthening your faith. Right. And you strengthen your faith by, um, building your relationship with God yeah. stronger and also by growing the knowledge of your faith which okay. is God and yeah. Jesus in the Bible. And I think, so like in my example here is that um, he's reading these stories um, and he's probably not reading the full context of some of them. He's reading parts he wants to. He's not, right. he's, he's not, not seeing not, Jesus in it. Well, and he's not taking the context of like, like this is like the guy who created the whole universe and yeah. like actually believe in that part of it. He's choosing not to believe the parts that matter and give context. Right. Right. So like, I guess, again, my answer to the, to him is that you have to grow your knowledge of these stories and of the man behind these stories or the the God behind these stories and um, the being behind these stories before you can understand or pretend to understand who you think God is. Like again, who are we? If we are made by God, who are we to decide who he is? Who are we to say that he's just, um, that he's only just, or he's only righteous, or he's only loving, or that he's only powerful, or he's only condemning. Like we, we try to give him these labels, but he can be everything and anything he wants to be all at once, all wrapped up at the same time. And yeah. It may make no sense to us, and yeah. too bad, because it's not our job to, to get to define him. It's not our job to label him. Yeah. Um, it's just ridiculous for us to pretend to think that we get to, and we. I and he defines often, himself as merciful and loving. Yeah. And just, and like, so we want his justice, but we don't want to see him work out his justice. Right. 
And we often, um, I think, often in our doubt, we tend to minimize God to human questions or mm-hmm. like worldly questions that are like minuscule parts of who he really is. That makes sense. So like, yeah. why does God let bad things happen? That right. question is so much more than just like, if God is loving, he wouldn't. Like, obviously, like we know that. Um, and I think there's just so much more. And it's it, if you really build your faith up and the more you learn about God, the more you realize that question doesn't even make sense. Um, but when we have such a small knowledge of our faith and knowledge of who God is in the Bible and, um, <clears throat> and all that, like, I think so we, some of these questions come out because we, we just yeah. don't know yet. And, and often these are, are doubts, our doubts, they're mine mm-hmm. and they are very ego centered, right. very me centered doubts. Right. So <clears throat> why does God allow bad things to happen? Yeah. Why am I? Asking this question. Well, because it's affecting me. Yeah. What if God doesn't answer my prayers? What if God doesn't answer my prayers? Mm-hmm. Because I'm the only one praying at the moment. I'm like, it's, and it's the same thing at camp. We should all pray for sunshine today. Right. Well, we all want sunshine today, but the farmer down the road may really want rain today. Yeah. So who's, whose prayer do we want him to answer? Yeah, who's is right. Who's is right. <laughs> and so, well, God doesn't answer my prayers. Well, sometimes he will. And he'll blow your mind. And mm. other times he's like, that's really not going to affect us in the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like a parent saying, yeah, I want this. And you're like, you don't need that right now. Maybe I, I can get that for you. But if I give it to you right now in this moment, it's not for your own good. Mm. It's not going to do you any good. It's not going to help you grow in trusting me. In fact, me saying no is going to help you trust me better. And you just don't maybe understand that at this moment. Right. Yeah, I, I think there are some serious doubts that, that creep up on us, especially when we talk about um, like social pain that we're seeing at moments or uh, natural disasters that occur or like warfare. It's just awful, right? And we are blessed here, especially in Canada. We haven't had to live through the, revolution, the revolutions that have happened, the, the chaos of ISIS, the Mm-hmm. The persecution that the church is going through around the world right now, it's just being, inc- it's incredible persecution in parts of the world that, um, that we don't have to live through. And we can be like, why does God allow these things to happen? And, well, we also see the church growing in other parts of the world at an astronomical rate that, that we're not seeing here in, in Canada and the United States. It, yeah. Because... I think we have become really self-centered in those doubts and in those questions that we're asking him. Again, that's another reason why it's really important to get those questions out and, and, and verbalize them with those trusted uh, Christian um, uh, community around you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm struggling for words right there and it makes for really bad uh, listening, <laughs> okay. but but I think that's really key here is that if we have to have the grace and love for each other to allow each other to doubt. Right. I was sharing with you, I think, I think Thomas is such a great example to us of being someone who spent three years living and going through life side by side with Jesus on the road. And Jesus died and the disciples were crushed. 
Yeah. And then Jesus shows up to some of the, the men and women that were there with him and they're all meeting together and Thomas didn't see it. And he's like, I don't believe it. I saw him die mm. from a distance. Cause I ran away with everybody else, but I like it, it was over. It's so much doubt. And Jesus could have showed up right then and there, bam, solved the problem. But he left him with that doubt, with that wrestling, with that, how do I know? What if, what if it's true? What if it's not true? What if, all those questions that must have flooded through Thomas. And then a week later, they're all together and they're all together again. They, they're, mm-hmm. they, that community of believers includes Thomas. And Jesus shows up and says, man, you're just, it, it's so good to be you because you actually got to see me. Right. Right. And, and there's going to be hundreds of people that come after us that won't get to see me like this. <clears throat> yeah. And they're going to have doubts. And if they're part of that community surrounded by the men and women that believe and they can work out those questions together, they're going to be so blessed. Yeah. One thing that's interesting in your example too, with Thomas, like they didn't, they didn't do two things. and Both are the extremes. Like one, they didn't say, Oh, I can't believe you don't believe this. Like why are you doubting this is ridiculous. Get out of here. You're not a Christian. You're not a believer. You're not a, they didn't say that. On the other hand, they also didn't say, yeah, you know what, man? Like, you don't feel like it's true, then it's not. Like, oh, you do you. You do you. Or, um, <laughs> your truth is yours. Like, you know, follow your truth. Like, they didn't tell him that either. No. Um, and so I think it's important that there's a wrong way to go on both ends of the scale here. Yeah. And, and if we think we're under peer pressure to conform to, to the world, because mm-hmm. we need to be accepting or loving or doing a certain thing. Man, the Jewish power that was, right? The Pharisees and the Sanhedrin that just killed Jesus. Yeah. Were totally against the fact that he could be alive. Right? They were totally like the world around them didn't want the disciples to be right. Yeah. And so it's not even just you do you or uh, how could you possibly ask that question? How stupid of you to have any questions and doubt? Yeah. It was like the third option he didn't choose is to just become part of the world. Like he, he stayed in the community and wrestled with his questions. Mm-hmm. And, and they had the grace and the love to surround him and let him wrestle with his doubt. Yeah. And I think that's wonderful. But it comes back to him finding Jesus as the truth. That the truth is in Jesus. The truth is in, is in that word of God. And I think we need to get back there as uncomfortable as it may make us feel at times, uh, to be the community around a Thomas. Um, and as com- uncomfortable as it can be when we are that Thomas mm-hmm. to be like, I have to be transparent and honest here. I'm just not, I'm not seeing it. I'm not feeling it. I'm not believing it. And I need, I, I, I think, you know, like, they're like, Hey, this is the truth. And that's where you need your eyes focused, but you take some time with your questions. Right. But they're not like your feelings are right. Yeah. Cause yeah, no, that's really good. Huh? What are you thinking there? I was just looking up some verses on doubting. Okay. Uh, I like this one in Matthew 21. I don't know what, uh, type of writing this is what translation um 
<laughs> what type seems of writing? It's very, <laughs> very NLT or messagey, but anyway. Uh, and Jesus answered them, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will only... You will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, mm-hmm. be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. It's very interesting how he like talks about how um, if you have faith um, and you have like you're, you have strong faith, which we've talked about how to build that up and how to strengthen your faith, um, that it will cause action. That like you can move a mountain with your faith. Mm-hmm. I think it's very important that like faith causes action. Like true faith causes action. It causes you to do something. I always love using like the chair analogy, but like, we have full faith in uh, things we do all the time in our day, whether it's your car or the chair you sit in or your couch, that it's going to do what you it's supposed to do. You don't think about it before you sit up to down or drive or um, whatever the thing is, because you just know that it's going to do what it's going to do. And so I think like, like your, your true faith in that chair is shown when you just go ahead and sit down on it. Like it, faith is expressed through action. Mm. Um, and I think that's really, really important to know too. Mm. Yeah. There's a number of times where Jesus says to someone like, do you believe? And they like, I do believe help me overcome yeah. my unbelief. Right. Um, yeah. And I mean, there's more, like there's lots, tons of verses on this, but um, Jude says, have mercy on those who doubt. Yeah. So we've talked about that. Like, yeah, really, not to be too harsh. really important. Um, I really like, and we walk by faith, not by sight. Again, I think the concept of faith and doubt hand in hand is really, really important. Um, yeah. So you can't really talk about one without the other. Yeah. 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 Really important. Is there any that you can think of that you like? Oh, what do I like? I love, um, John the Baptist dad, uh, what's his name? Zechariah or whatever, mm-hmm. where he's like, you know, the angel tells him he's going to have a son. He's like, I'm too old. <laughs> and, and the angel's just like, well, because you doubt it, you're not going to speak until the, the baby's born. And then when he does speak, he's just like, oh, God is so good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's like, oh, sometimes our doubt will have a repercussion for us. It will put us into a, a, a period maybe of silence of, of, feeling uncomfortable with who we are. And as we work through that, um, you know, we may have not a penance, but a price to pay as we work back out of our doubt. Right. right. And I, I, I kind of like that because there's times where I, I've, I put myself into a position. It's like, well, all right, you're there now. I've, I, you, <laughs> God can get you out of this yeah. and he's going to fulfill his promise, but you need to walk your way out of this <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and live it out. And I kind of like that story. I can, I can, I can identify <laughs> myself in that story. It's easy to put myself in that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think <clears throat> even like Isaiah 41 talks about, like when he says, fear not, I'm with you. Don't be dismayed. I'm your God. I'll strengthen you, help you, hold you up in my righteous hand. Because um, I like that in the context of doubt as well, um, where that we don't have to do doubt alone, mm. whether it's community of people, but also God is there with us too. Like he doesn't just say like, oh, you're going through this time of doubting. See you later. See you when you come back around. Yeah. Right? Like he's there to help us through that. Yeah. And he's there to push us through that and help strengthen our faith to get through that. It's really good. 
Yeah, and I know like there's so many things that are happening in our world around us that have caused me to like stop and say, oh man, I am I right? Am I wrong? Have I have I yeah. I put my foundation here of my life on the wrong place? And and I've had to stop and ask that question. And it's not because I doubt, but I'm like, oh, what if I what if I'm not facing true north here? Yeah. And to stop and take, even just to take stock of myself and say, no, no, no. Yeah. My eyes are on Christ and that's where I'm driving towards. Yeah. And and his word is a lamp to my feet and it's going to guide my path. And if that's what determines my steps, then that's the path I have to go. And I'm not, I'm going to (laughs) stumble. I'm going to wander from side to side. I am a sinner um, that is saved by grace with good works prepared ahead of me to do. Right. And I'm just, I keep driving myself that way and, and it's not what I can do. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have that mercy for those people that are asking those questions that have, I'm, I'm walking alongside and they, they stop walking and I'm like, don't turn back. Don't, don't head off into the forest on the sides of the road. Let's just stay on this path. Yeah. Um, I think What's I just you know, thought of this now. It's really interesting is sure. that we are actually living in a society that's highly based on doubt right now. Oh yeah. Um or post truth. Yeah, I mean that's well that's true. Uh, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean I really, even just like the whole cancel culture thing, right? Like that's all very like we are programmed to a point now in society where like we are just constantly doubting everything we say, do, think, um Everything we read, oh, was that child's book I read? Was it secretly racist? Like, we're just, just we're full <laughs> of doubt, right? To the yeah. point of like, because of this cancel culture, where everyone, there has to be an issue with everything and anything. Everything. Everything has to be so, you know, perfect and yeah, um, a and graphic so now, on a syrup bottle. Yeah, like heaven forbid. Yeah, so um, <laughs> we're full of doubt, right? In society, yeah. and I think it's important to recognize, like. Um, what to do with those doubts when doubts like when those doubts are ones that we should I guess like lean into in the sense that like what is this saying to me what am I why am I thinking this what is the root cause of this doubt and when are they ones that we need to just like dismiss right away Um, but regardless of that like the reality is we're living in a world of doubt. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be pushed on us yeah. more. And even if it's little, little, if it's little silly things that are like constantly happening day by day and they're easy to ignore, that's going to um, encourage like a nature of doubt in us in other things too. Mm. And so I think even if it's something not something you struggle with before, um, there's a good chance that you will at some point just because of the nature of our society right now, constantly pushing this idea of doubt onto you. And so it may sneak up on you and it's important that we're not um, taken by surprise by it and that we're ready to um, fight it and deal with it and know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And people are looking for truth. Like, yeah, we're living in this doubting society that's post-truth, that is all mm-hmm. uh, about me. And yet, if we can come to them with a truth that's beyond them, an absolute truth, which is the Bible, like, that, that God is God and that he loves us. Mm-hmm. And we can give them hope because there is a truth they can pursue. Their life does have purpose. It has meaning. It has, like, 
it's just sad that that's where they are at. And we hold the truth. And are we afraid to share it because of all the doubters around us? Right. We're going to be attacked because we're going to stand and say, well, there is a truth. And you all say there isn't, but there is. Right. And, and that's going to cause problems too. But like, I don't want to go there. Like, <laughs> because that's, that's the outside. And I'm talking about our community of believers around us. Yeah. That that's how we get through these doubts because we, we have each other. And so when that, you're right, when we're in this cancel doubting, no truth culture that we find ourselves in here mm-hmm. in Canada, we can stand firm on the truth, on the way and the life that is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we have that in our community. And when we have our questions, that's where we should go. Right? We're not going to just sit back in our silence and isolate ourselves and separate ourselves from, from that community and then go, man, I just feel so alone. Wait, well, well, yeah. You yeah. Do. Like, well, I, I've sat here and I've picked away at my sweater until the whole thing unravels. Hmm. Like, well, no, don't do that. Go to yeah. people and say, like, I have this thread that's hanging out on my sweater. Help me fix it. Help me figure out where it came from and why it's unraveling. And, and then we are like, yeah, that's, 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 you're, you're living and you're wearing your sweater. It's going to happen. Yeah. Let's fix it together. Like, let's figure out and find truth. Let's have the mercy and grace to love each other as we ask those questions. Say, look, my, my sweater is just as ragged. It's just in a different spot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just think that's really an important conversation to get out to, to whoever's listening to this, man. If you have questions and doubts, you're not alone. Yeah. If you don't have a community you feel you can talk to right now, well, find one. Find a small community. Find friends. Find like call us. Contact yeah. us. There is a, a Discord channel that we are all a part of that includes a number of people that would talk to you even if they don't know you directly. Because this is community. Um Yeah. If you are doubting that your chair is gonna hold you up, are you gonna run the other direction and never sit on it again? Or are you gonna inspect it and do your due diligence and see if it will? Yeah. No different with your faith. <laughs> You're unsure of whether who God is or any questions about him. You can run the other direction and decide that it's all fake, or you can inspect it and see if it's for real. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really important. Yeah. Really important. And, and as we uh, stumble and fall through this journey, uh, let's help each other do the journey. Right. Yeah. Like it's, I, I, yeah, I think that's so, so important because it's, it's the journey. I think the journey is a big part of why we're here to just live it out and experience those, those questions. The, the, how come he's not answering this prayer and why is this hurt so much? And where's, what do we do with suffering and why is there economic and social unrest and how do we deal with that? And mm-hmm. How come the church is growing in other parts of the world and not here? How do we, I want that. Right. <laughs> And, uh, and, and by church, I mean like the, the body of Christ, people are coming to God and I want to, I want to see that happening here and now too, here in Canada. So yeah, that's our conversation. Pretty exciting. Um, anything else? Well, I, I don't know. Do you have a cultural point you'd like to talk on? Is there a, uh, (laughs) a song that, that reflects this to you that really has helped you in those seasons or um, something that you, you go back to and you have these questions? 
No, I mean, I think I've mentioned the song Devotion by Beautiful Eulogy oh, before. Yeah, yeah. So yep. that, one's, that one's pretty big for faith. Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah. I mean, this for me, like I've maybe, maybe dealt with this a long time ago, but it hasn't been a huge, hasn't been one of my big struggles. Um, so it's, <clears throat> yeah, not one I can speak to personally a lot of. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I, I just find that maybe not my faith total, but aspects of it, I, I find that I, I've had some hurdles that just continue to come along and you're just like, oh, how do we, how do we traverse this now? Or how do we get through this situation? And yeah. Yeah. How do I do this with a, an open heart and an open, um, open arms and, and a mind formed and, and renewed and transformed by Christ? right? I can have an open heart and open arms, but I want to have the mind of Christ in this, not an open mind, but his, his mind and, uh, and to figure that out. So yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Anything else for today? No, this is great. Thanks for the conversation. I, I really enjoyed it. We will uh, see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you sooner. Bye. Bye.